Good morning, everybody. It's great to have you all here uh, this morning at Greater Alton Church on 10. And uh, it's just good to be together today. I, I'm glad to be with you this morning. Hope you are, too, to be together with me, too, okay, and with each other. Um, boy, uh, a lot of stuff going on. I want to let you know about a few things that are in your bulletin. Little Prairie Bible Camp Primary Week, which affects us a lot here, is going to be here in two weeks. And we're going to be sending down a group of, uh, of children and some staff. And we're going to be spending a week together looking at this idea of strange things in the Bible. The Bible's got a lot of weird stuff in it. And we're going to be covering that during the whole week and looking at some of the things the Bible says and how God's called us to this life that sometimes can bring tension between the world we live in and the kingdom of God. Both look at each other as a little strange. We'll be looking at that. If you'd like to help with camp, you can get a t-shirt out here at the Welcome Center. I can't remember what they're selling them for, but it's cheap. Grab you an old t-shirt. I know that money will go to the camp. And uh, if you'd like to help us, uh, a kid go to camp, a teenager, a junior high student, they'll give you some information on how much. I think it's 145 a camper this year. And if you'd like to sponsor a camper, Please uh, help us out there. And as well, we got a mug for you. If you want to get a mug, 20 bucks donation gives you a Little Prairie mug. There's only a hundred of those uh, that have been made. So you'll be one of a hundred. Isn't that something? Also, uh, you'll notice in the, also the bulletin uh, is our marriage retreat. It's coming up in September. We have information there. It's in New Harmony, Indiana. And the name of this uh, series or this uh, marriage retreat is called the music and marriage and we're having uh, nathan and tammy king as a couple coming in as guest speakers they're wonderful i've known for years and they're going to talk about things like the harmony in marriage avoiding some of the sour notes you know that kind of stuff and so it's going to be a lot of fun in new harmony indiana if you've never been there man it's going to, you're going to love this it's got a real nice setting and we'll have a good time together that's in september also want to mention in September, we're having a special contribution. I was going to talk about more of this next week, but over the years, this church has been generous and we've come together and gave for all kinds of things, whether it be for land or a building or for a missionary here or there. We've come together and helped uh, we pay, to pay the bills one time. We asked for a special contribution. We got behind. And then one time, we uh, this last one, we helped Little Prairie Bible Camp as well as bolstered our financial stability here at uh, Greater Alton. And we're going to be doing this also uh, together again, September the 10th. And I hope you'll uh, join us. If you're wondering more about what, what's the special contribution about, be asking a few people that, that know. They can, You say, do you know anything about why we're doing this? Maybe they can fill you in, a small group leader or a staff member. Uh, I've got really a lot of time to go into that. But but we're going to be talking about this. In fact, I think we're highlighting a couple in the bulletin. Uh, we're going to be showing you what different couples or different families are planning on doing to give this year. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time uh, to uh, in, the, in the history of Greater Alton Church. Today we're looking at a series called Foolproof. We're looking at one of the, my favorite books in the Bible, the book of Proverbs. We're, we're learning some insights and some ideas from the smartest, the wisest man that ever lived, that being King Solomon. He wrote most of the book of Proverbs. Uh, in fact, the Bible says he wrote 3,000 Proverbs, so we only have just a few of them here in this book. 
But look what the Bible says here. It says, happy are those who find wisdom and those who gain understanding. And Solomon wants you to know and wants his son to know, but you and I to know, that right off the bat, the best life to live is a wise life. A, a life of wisdom rewards you. And next week, we're going to be looking at the rewards of a smart life. We're going to be looking at that next week. And that's why we're looking at Proverbs. I mean, you think about it. What is a proverb? It's a simple statement that promotes a principle. Hopefully a good principle. We hear them all the time. See if you can finish these. A penny saved is... Of course, actions speak louder. Look before you... I didn't say get in the car. No, before you leave. Right, right, right. Don't judge a book by its cover. We get these all the time. And we even have... Our families have little quibs and little proverbs that are handed down from the from one generation to the next. My grandfather, Granddad Gill, had this statement. He would say, a little bit does a little good and a lot does a lot of good. Okay. And I always thought that was kind of cool. You know, uh, first time I ever heard someone say, if you're going to fix something, fix it right, was my granddad. And, and we were fixing fence to keep the pigs in uh, the pen. Sometimes a proverb not only just conveys, uh, it conveys this idea of this wise, simple idea, it also, sometimes the book of Proverbs, you'll find examples of where it shows contrasts. Like two of the chief characters in the book of Proverbs is the wise man and the foolish man. You'll also see things like the diligent versus the lazy or the sluggard is what some translations will call it's like the book of Proverbs. Sometimes a proverb will show you both sides of the coin to give you a balance, a contrast to help you understand something. Someone said it this way. Proverbs, is, it, it promotes a working knowledge. And that's what wisdom is. It's a working knowledge. It's not just something in my head, but it's, it's much more than that. It's just not a fact, but it shapes my faith and my actions. So wisdom, you could say, gives a practical response to the problems you and I face. It's a, it's a special insight. An insight that helps you decide what's the right thing to do. And what's the best thing to do. It'll even help you decide what matters. There's a book that uh, Bob Hawkins gave, gave to me. Uh, called Person of Interest, and we've got it in the bulletin. I, I hope you'll get this book. It's written by a homicide detective. And uh, his, his, the premise of this whole book is it's talking about the historicity of Jesus. What's that simply mean? How you know Jesus is real. And he's, it, it covers his own journey from, a non, from a, just a, a non-believer to go, if Jesus is real, then he matters. What he says matters. And so he uses his homicide detective skills to follow the evidence to Jesus Christ. Excellent book. Just about everyone that's going to camp on staff is reading this book right now. We're wanting to teach your children how to be critical thinkers and weigh the evidence. Not just listen to anyone, but look at the evidence with an objective mind and come to a great conclusion that Jesus is real and he matters. Isn't that a good idea for camp? Absolute idea for camp, I think. So, and so that's what so you, that's what the book of Proverbs does. It helps us kind of put together some practical responses. For example, let's say you get yelled at, maybe by your boss, or your spouse, or another Christian, 
Or in my case, this week I got yelled at by a customer. I come in, I come in the office. This customer was irate. This customer believed we damaged their car before we even touched it. <laughs> Kid you not. He had some broken pieces and we noticed it. Stop. We, we, we were getting, we drove it into the shop. We inspect the car first and there's this piece that's important that's broken. Sir, your part, it wasn't broken when I got there and I'm a very observant person. Well, pal, you must have missed this one. Because it's on the passenger side. How often do you get in your car from the passenger side? And next thing you know, he's difficult, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe this. I blah, 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 blah. On and on and on and on. And I walk in. Tim, do you want to talk to somebody? Sure. Who is it? It's an upset customer. Oh, boy. Yes, hi. I kind of help you. Are you the owner? Yeah, I'm the owner. Well, let me tell you what I think of your installer. Which happened to be Nathan. <laughs> he did this and this and this and he broke this. I go, he doesn't, he didn't, no, he didn't do that. Yes, he did. I, I got, we got cameras everywhere and I'm looking at, I've looked at the, I already looked at the footage when I first heard about it. And all he did was walk around the car and goes, and he gets on the phone and calls the guy and you can hear him talking to the guy. I said, Mr. Blah, 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 blah. I said, you know what? And, oh man, what do you do when people yell at you? You've got so many choices. You know that, right? You can go find them. I will find you. I will hurt you. He scared me so much. I considered, I did, I had a great big, a great big box-in wrench, an inch and a quarter box-in wrench. It's huge. I considered having it with me if he came to the shop because he scared me that much. Do you, do you, do we, do we get violent? I mean, that's an option. Or do we give it right back to him? Well, yeah, let me tell you something. Your mom wears army boots. You know, something like that. Or do you do nothing? Do you do nothing? I mean, I'm sitting there listening to this guy. And, and my blood pressure's going up. And you know, you ever been like this? You're hearing something and you start shaking. And I'm shaking. I'm not scared. I'm worked up and I'm bothered that I'm worked. Why am I getting worked up? Off my office staff, Ashley looks at me and goes, Tim, you okay? I'm going, why? When you, I'm shaking. My heart is going through the roof. I'm pounding up and I'm listening to this guy. And I said, you know what? And I said, I go, I'll tell you what. Why don't you just come get your car? We probably, we probably shouldn't do your car. And I'm going, yeah, I think you ought to get, I think you should, look, man, just come get your car. Well, I'm going to get my attorney. I want to go to Judge Judy because I've been watching lots of her. <laughs> We're going to have fun with this one. And I, I kid you not, I go, we, have to, we didn't, I said, well, go ahead. And this is a, I go, well, go ahead and get your attorney. We're not touching your car. Well, you're a, and he calls me a name that only my wife has called me. <laughs> but she says it in a toned down version. He says it. And I go, click. What do you do? What's the response? Let me tell you what was going through my mind. Thank God. It was a proverb of Proverbs 15. Look at it up here on the screen. Look what it says here. A gentle answer will calm a person's anger, but an unkind answer will cause more anger. No, duh. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Escalate, escalate, attorney, and what he called me. 
I'm done. All day that car sat there in front of our shop and Ashley and I were like nervous. I go, I gotta go do something. I'll be back. Because we're thinking he's gonna show up and every time somebody would pull up, we would get all nervous thinking, is this the guy? Because we never met the guy. All I knew he was yelling on the phone. What do you do? Well, the book of Proverbs gives us some wise and some helpful practical principles that help us respond to the problems of life. And it covers a lot of things. That's what we're going to be doing in this series. We're going to be covering a lot of different topics. I've got, I've got Gary and Alan and Mike so far slighted to do two weeks on each particular topic. Now, next week, we're going to talk about the rewards of wisdom so that we really will be motivated to listen to what the Proverbs say, okay? But we're going to be looking at, that, looking at all these through the whole summer. And so that's, that's, why, that's why it's so important to study, especially the book of Proverbs. I find it extremely helpful. I say, a fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. I learned that one early. I sometimes forget it. I don't recall it and because it gets me in trouble. But whenever I think about a fool shows his annoyance at once, I go, oh, Tim, don't be a fool. Overcome. Overcome that foolishness. Solomon says, I want you to be foolproof, Tim. Here's a proverb that reminds you and guides you and help you calm down. So last week we looked at five Five ways we can gain the wisdom of God. We're going to look at five more. Let's rifle through these last week. Here, here's a review of last week. If I want to become the smartest person in the room, I want to be a person of wisdom, and I want to have this special insight from God, first, I admit I have more to learn. Why? Humble people become wise people. Remember that. Humble people become wise people. People full of pride don't learn a thing. Number two, I respect what God says. There's something about what God says that that uh, trumps up over what mom says or dad says or my friends say or my grandparents say. God has the first word. He has the last word. And I respect that. I want to, I acknowledge that he contains all the wisdom. But Proverbs says that he has all the wisdom. So I really want to listen to him. So his words have more meaning. And I respect that. Number three, I make finding God's wisdom of my top priority. Why? Because the Bible compares it to silver and jewels and hidden treasure. And if it's something that's that's important to you, even if you're, man, when you're not interested in something, let's say uh, you hear a penny, you're in bed and it's Saturday morning and you hear a penny hit the floor and you know that penny is going to be there for uh, 10 seconds. Are you going to get out of bed for a penny? No, but if you see a $100 bill laying there and it's only going to be there for 10 for 10 seconds, you're scrambling. You're scrambling to get that, that thing. Why? Because of the value. And so, so when, when God's wisdom is a top priority in my life, I, can, I find the time, I make the time, and I capitalize on that time to learn from the Lord, and I'm rewarded from that time, that investment. Number four, I accept what the Lord says. It's one thing to, to get it in my head, but to accept what God says, it comes out of my mouth. It affects how I hear, how I see things. It shoots out in everything I do with my hands and wherever I go with my feet. So it's not just enough to go, well, I, I accept God's word. I agree with it. Well, that's, listen, if you really accept it, you, you do more than just agree with it. 
you use it. And of course, last week we, we, we uh, ended this series, uh, this lesson with, I love God more than anyone else. And why is that so important? That's probably the, one of the most important points from last week. It's because when you look at the definition of love in the Bible, it says it always trusts. The acid test of love is, do I trust? And if I claim I know the Lord or I love the Lord, the acid test is how much do I trust him with whatever situation I'm in? How much do I trust him? But, you know, but I've trusted him before and it didn't work. Finish the sentence. It didn't work the way I wanted it to. Am I right? Sometimes it's the right thing. It's the right thing, whether it's right for me or it makes things right for me. It's the right thing. And man, I'll tell you, this is the big boy, the big girl level of maturity. You really want to be mature as a Christian? You trust God even when it doesn't make sense sometimes to you. It goes beyond what you can comprehend. It's right, and you know it's right, but you're afraid of the consequences. And listen, church, sometimes doing the right thing, you get crummy consequences. So, it's the right thing. And one of those consequences that you definitely have that isn't crummy is you please the Lord. You really please the Lord. That's the biggie. The biggie around Greater Alton. That's what we're about. So let's get into the next five here real quick. Okay, number six. I ask God for wisdom. I just simply ask God for wisdom. You know, Solomon tried this. And just like when you go to Amazon and you're looking at a product and it says Amazon Choice or Customer Choice and you see those stars over there, there's five stars. And you, if, if, it's, if it's three stars, are you going to buy it? <laughs> Solomon gives five stars to this kind of life. He gives five stars to this step. He says, man, you want to ask for wisdom. And he actually did it. He actually, he actually practiced this very idea. The, the day he became king of Israel, look what it says here in Second Chronicles 1-7, your notes and up here on the screen. It says, that night God came to Solomon and, and said, ask me for whatever you want to give you. And he says, I'll give it to you. God gives Solomon a blank check. He says, name it. It's yours. Wow. How would you feel if you, God said, what do you want? Name it. It's yours. What would you ask for? Uh, I'd like to feel better. Um, I'd like I'd, li- I'd like to have more money. Um, I'd like to, I've got this relationship. I just don't like the way it is. I'd like to get some peace in it. Some of these are good are good requests. You gotta gotta admit, right? What's Solomon asked for? He says in Second Corinthians one ten. He says. Give me wisdom and knowledge. He could have asked for money. He could have asked for power. In fact, God points it out. Solomon, you could have asked for more money, more power, more buildings, more fame, more fortune. You could have, you could have even had me, if you'd have said, I want you to get even with all my enemies, I'd have, it'd have been done in a nanosecond. You didn't ask for any of that. And because you did not ask for any of that and you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you the rest. Solomon says, if you're going to ask for something, I don't know what you're asking for right now, church. Can I tell you, Solomon recommends with five stars, ask for the wisdom of God. Oh, I wish you'd change my circumstances. Oh, how many times have I asked that? How many times have you asked that? Sure. Oh, I would love God to change things. 
change things around. Oh, just change that. I wish you'd change that. And I never think about asking God, would you change me? Give me the wisdom to know what to do with this situation. Look what he says here. Proverbs, early on in the book, cry out for wisdom and beg for understanding. And that is exactly what Solomon did. And he recommends that to you and I. I can't say anything about this without mentioning James because the book of James, I call it the book of James, the Proverbs of the New Testament. And look what, he, look what James says here about asking for God's wisdom. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he'll gladly tell you for he's always ready to give you a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. So God wants to give you wisdom. He gave it to Solomon. He gives it to you and I. I want to be the smartest person in the room. Sometimes I just need to stop and try, instead of trying to figure everything out, God, help me figure it out. Give me the right words. Give me the right response. How do I process this? And he'll grant that. Number seven, I commit to memory what God says. I commit to memory what God says. As I'm getting older, I'm discovering I'm absent-minded. But I, I found out that absent-mindedness and forgetfulness isn't isn't restricted to age. Am I right? We're forgetful people. Where's my car keys? When's our anniversary? There was a ball game tonight. What was the payment? They're, what? They're shutting the lights off. I, I forgot. I forgot. Homework. I forgot. It's, it's constant. We're constantly facing this idea of of uh, this memory lapse stuff. But can I tell you, there's another reason why a lot of us don't have a good memory, especially when it comes to the Word of God. Nobody memorizes anymore. We're lazy. We don't remember much anymore. You know why? All we got to do is simply Google it. I have convers I've had conversations. You ever anybody like this? You're having a conversation with someone and maybe you're talking about something, and they all of a sudden, that phone is right, Google, blah, 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 blah. They're checking your information. Google. Is it true the earth is round? Google. Is it true? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm simply going, hey, I'm right here. Go in another room and do that. But we do that. We Google. And, and this AI stuff that's coming out is scaring me. Because you can go to some of these AI websites and just go, Put together a sermon on Proverbs. And you've got a great lesson from AI. Boy, they're going to run me out of business. AI is going to run me out of business. But we're lazy. How many of you remember? How many phone numbers do you remember on your phone? They asked me mine over at AT&T. I got me a new phone. What's your phone number? Uh, let me check. Google, what's my phone number? Damn, for the thousandth time, your phone number. I love, I love my phone. I love the internet. I love my iPad. I love all that stuff. And it's really handy. And I'm going to talk. I'm going to make a point about it here in a couple of points from now. I get it. Man, it sure has made us lazy, hasn't it? If we lost our phone, would we be able to get home? <laughs> if we lost our phone, who would we call? We go to a... Is there even pay phones anymore? Can I borrow your phone? Sure. 
need to call. I got. I need to call somebody. Okay. Do you know their number? No. no you have to call information. What's their number? We have become such lazy people. Forbes magazine recently revealed a study that that found this that memorizing helps in critical thinking and in understanding new and more information. Being able to recall it, and by the way, our phones are fast and AI's fast, but they got nothing on the one, the brain that God made. We are when we use it, when we can remember stuff, it comes in handy. It blesses our life. But it comes when we start learning, being able to recall some things, especially when it comes to the Word of God, as a Christian, as a believer, that I go to Bible Gateway all the time and look up a verse. But I remember the day when there was no Internet. I remember when everybody brought their Bibles to church and everybody highlighted and wrote in their Bibles. And we memorized scriptures, our studies, every scripture during those, all those studies, the Word of God say, the sin study, Discipleship study, baptism study. We had every verse memorized to the punctuation point. I wonder where we are now. Well, let me see if I can find a Google. How do I convince this person to be baptized? I'm not sure I believe in it. What? Oh, Google. <laughs> it's so convenient. There's that convenience making us lazy to where we... We can't remember. See, Solomon says, here's what he says in Proverbs 3. My child, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in mind. Then you will live long, a long time and your life will be successful. See, recalling those words of wisdom. Oh man, they come in handy and they can save you. I've said this before. Maybe you've heard this before. Jimmy Buffett saved my life. I was with Vernon Matthews in Nova Scotia and we're driving along the coast and it's like New Scotland, that's what Nova Scotia means. And there's winding hills and green and bluffs and we're driving around in a camper and one morning I was reading a book, I was 50 years old, called An Old Pirate Looks at 50 by Jimmy Buffett. And in this particular chapter, as I'm waiting for Vernon, he went to the restroom, he's coming back to the camper, I'm reading where he is talking about his experience crashing his seaplane on, on a beach in the Bahamas. And he said that before he, he survived that plane crash, he said the way I survived it was, before I left, I went through the procedure, what would happen if I landed funny in the ocean? And, the, and how would I shut this off and move this flap and do all this stuff? Because when your plane is spinning, you, you, you don't have time to think. He said, I practiced that a couple of times. And I thought, I'm sitting there reading this while I'm waiting for Vernon. I go, you know what? We've been going through all these high, all this stuff on the, these high bluffs. And so I, I think, what if the brakes go out? And so I practice hitting the, I put the, put it in neutral and hit the emergency brake. You know, I was doing all this kind of stuff, going through it a few times. Vernon gets in, the, in the, he doesn't know what I'm doing, and off we go. And we're just having a good time driving along, and we come over a hill, and I hit the brakes because we're coming to a curve, and there's nothing that goes to, goes to the floor. And I just go, put it in there, and I hit my emergency brake, and we right to the curb. And Vernon goes, Tim, I'm impressed. I said, Jimmy Buffett just saved our lives. 
He goes, who? Jimmy Buffett. You mean that margarita guy? Like, yeah, he saved our lives. How? And I tell him all this, and he goes, Jimmy, you're a funny, funny man. But I was glad I, I went, I thought, I'm going to do that. I still do that occasionally. I will go through, some, just in case something happens, what would I do? Because... I don't know about you, but if you ever hit the brakes and they go to the, everybody panics and screams and you're staring and you're hitting and you're punching and you don't know what to do. You're ready to bail. No. I calmly thought it over and I was able to remember that idea. And of course it was just that morning, but you see, when I keep, when I get God's wisdom and I keep God's wisdom, see, in my mind and in my heart, then when I run into these problems and these challenges, I can recall Calm down, Tim. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I wish I had a shirt that said, keep calm. There's a proverb for this. I think that would be a great shirt. Look what he says here. He goes on to say, My sons, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you'll live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. That phrase means the center of the eye in this particular passage. Bind them on your fingers. In other words, write is he writing you know, a piece of yarn around your finger so I won't forget? I don't know. But then he says, write them on the iPad of your heart. I said that on purpose that way. We're always on our iPads. Well, there's an iPad, a tablet in our heart. He says, oh, you want that. You want the Word of God in there. Well, how do I do that? It's going to have to be on purpose. It's going to take some time. Is it memorizing verses? Sure. It's putting where I can see them, reminding me. It's listening to someone when they bring one up and having respect for the Word of God and letting it affect how I see things, how I understand things. Here's number eight. I choose to learn from smart people. I want to make it clear. It doesn't say I choose to learn from people because there's some people you don't want to learn anything from. (laughs) You want to learn from smart people. Look at this promise. If you listen to advice and are willing to learn, one day you'll be wise. Here's another one. If you don't ask for advice, your plans will fail. With many advisors, they'll succeed. I believe Gary's going to be talking about this. Two weeks on seeking advice. What's that really mean? He's going to tear apart these passages and we're going to look at them together. See, if there's ever an example of learning from smart people, it is YouTube. Just this week, I worked on a, a Nathan's Prius, and it was having a code 1036. ABS code, VSC code would come up after 60 miles an hour, and I'm going, what is the deal with this? And I'm trying to figure it out. I get on YouTube, and I get on, I, I read a bunch of stuff from Prius Chat. That's a popular website. And everybody's got their own idea. I did this, I did this, I did I changed the oil, and the light went out. Ah, you're weird. And blah, 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 blah. And finally... Finally, Chris Weiler says to me, one of those teeth on the axle could be, check and see if they're damaged, because sometimes that's what causes it. You know what? I took the ABS sensor out, and I looked with a flashlight, and I turned, and there's two teeth that are damaged. So instead of paying over $200 for a bearing that wouldn't have done any good, I went to Amazon for 68 bucks, put the shaft in yesterday, put it together, took it on 255, punched it above 60. 
imagine a Prius going over 60 miles an hour. <laughs> Punched it, went over 60, and no code, no code. Brought it today, 65, no code. Finally able to give that car back. No. Uh, what are you trying to say to him? I'm saying we can learn from anybody, but you want to learn from people who know what they're talking about. That's how getting wisdom is the same. You know, if you want God's wisdom, it's a, it's the same thing. You've got to be very selective who you're going to listen to. Look at the verse says here again, Proverbs. Get good advice, and you'll exceed. Notice it says, get good advice. Proverbs 12.5, the thoughts of those who are right with God can be trusted, but the words of the sinful are false. What's he saying? Choose wisely. Choose the right people. Choose good people, godly people. I've always said this for years. Choose people who know God and know you. I'm not saying that you have to really, they have to know you. If they know Jesus, that's good. And maybe, maybe, Knowing Jesus and not you will convince you, oh, they, they don't know all my baggage. So they're not trying to manipulate me. Does that make sense? So sometimes, sometimes it's, if they know God, man, I need to listen to them. If they know me, I really need to listen to them. But if they know what they're talking about, the whole my. Have they got the experience? I want to buy a house. And I, bought, and I have some of my friends come over that have never owned a house. They're going to say, oh yeah, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great. Get somebody that's had to fix a house, a roof, replace stuff. And they're going to go, well, that's broke, that's broke, that's broke, that's broke. You may not want to buy this. Or you, I want to buy a car. You know, if you want to buy a Transit Connect or a Ford Prius or a Dodge pickup, I'm the guy. Why? I've worked on all of them. I've put camshafts, transmissions, you name it, I've done a ton of stuff. I know what goes wrong with those cars. How do I know that? Because I'm experienced. Well, I'm thinking about getting the Mustang. I'm not the guy. And if I want to know how to raise my kids, I get, I get some people that have raised some kids. Can't anybody? I mean, if, but, but you don't have to have kids to, to know how to raise kids. You're right. There's a lot of people that have kids that don't know how to raise kids, too. But I've learned more from people who have raised children than I have from those that haven't. I mean, just think about that. So, so that's, that's number eight. Number nine, I respond well when I'm corrected. Notice I didn't say if I'm corrected, because life is constantly adjusting, am I right? We're constantly getting corrected all the time. We're having to make corrections. Man, you get that, remember the GPS way back in the day? They now use our cell phones or, or they'll say, they'll say, make turn, make you turn. You've turned the wrong way. I would sit there and go, I know which way I'm going. You've turned the wrong way. You've turned the wrong way. And I finally unplug it and throw it out the window. But you know, correction, we're always you know, recalculating, recalculating. That's, that's really what life is about. A lot of times we are recalculating. What worked when we were a kid doesn't work when you're in your 60s. Or we, it, you've learned more since then. And so you make adjustments. Young man, it says in Proverbs 3, Do not resent it when God chastens or corrects you, for his punishment is proof of his love. Just as a father punishes his son he delights in to make him better, so the Lord corrects you. And so the Lord, we can expect the Lord to correct us. Now how does he do that? Well, he can do it through people. Through a friend, 
He can, he, somebody who's trying to help us. Listen, I, I want you to think about this. Would you consider this? Look at this. And sometimes he does it through a problem. Sometimes it takes a problem to make us stop and reevaluate or some pain. Some of you know that Don Yoder just about cut his fingers off this week. He had an accident with a saw as he was remodeling. And he, he called a couple of people and finally he realized he wasn't going to have anybody come get him and he's bleeding so he's wrapped it he's wrapped his left hand in a rag so and he said Tim the blood is just running and I go I don't have long so he dials 911 and they say stay on the line we've got an ambulance coming stay on the line stay on the line and he hears them here they come don't you hang up yet Mr. Yoder you stay with me are you there Mr. Yoder yes I'm there yes I'm there and he gets in the ambulance and off, his, off he goes to Barnes Blood's everywhere. I go to pick up his truck. There's blood. It looks like a gunfight's happened. There's blood everywhere. I call him. I call him back. I, I notice he called me. I call him and go, "What's going on, Don?" Well, I'm in an ambulance going to Barnes. What? Well, I hurt my hand real bad. I go. So that mean you're not gonna be able to text me anymore? <laughs> he goes. Probably not for a while. I mean, he doesn't disobey. So Tim, they're taking me to Barnes. Oh, hold on, are we going to Barnes? Yeah, we're going to Barnes. Okay, he said they put a tourniquet on it. They tried it, and off they go. 15, 16 people are waiting for him in the emergency room, and he gets there, and he says, There's, why'd you bring me here? There's all these people. They're here for you, and they are working on him. Five and a half hours of surgery, reattaching tendons and nerves. They're saying he's going to get full use of his hand. Let me tell you what he learned. Oh, he, did. he learned not to hold the board that way. <laughs> You're right. His, his buddy says, I've got your saw here. What do you want me to do with it? Well, me and that saw are not friends right now. That's what he said. We're not friends right now. So you just keep it for a while and I'll think about it. I saw him this morning. He said, Tim, I can't believe how many people. My phone was blowing up. I couldn't get to it. I'm in the ER and they're working on me and my phone's... <laughs> And he says this, I learned something was that I didn't realize how many friends I had. And by the way, I know he's going to be listening to this lesson, but don't be afraid to text him today. I think you ought to text him, you ought to call him, do all you can. And by the way, he may not be able to text you quickly. He told me, he says, I have to set the phone down and kind of go, I was with Matthew and Brian yesterday and he calls me up and goes, how you doing, fingers? <laughs> and he goes, Tim, you're all hard. I said, would you do that to me if I, he goes, I would have given you the same guff. <laughs> but I'm just so thankful that, oh, of course he don't. He's, he says, I don't know what happened. I had a brain fart. I don't know what it was. I, I can't believe I cut the board that way. But he spent most of his time talking about what I learned was how many friends I had. Wow, I didn't know. I, I didn't realize how much people care. I just want to say to you this morning, you know, that there's lessons that God's going to teach us while we're in pain. And He's going to correct us. I know Don's talking more about His mortality, more about life after death, more about what matters than before the soul. Proverbs 12.1 says this, To accept correction is wise, to reject it is stupid. Accept correction, it says in Proverbs 10, and you will find life. Reject correction and you'll miss the road. It's that important. How do I respond to correction? 
This is not a teenage problem. This is not limited as a teenage problem, right? We don't like it from our spouse. We don't like it from our kids. We don't like it from our parents. And I'm 60, I'll be 66 in a couple of weeks. And my mom occasionally will reprimand me. And guess what? She's 91. And I go, Mom. It's a part of life. Sometimes it comes from a young man, a young woman, or from a stranger or someone at work. And as Christians, we should be the people that go, I'm listening to correction. It may not always be right, but I'm going to listen to the correction. Number 10, I trust God's insight over my own. Want to be the smartest person in the room? And really be wise and have the wisdom of God? Let me tell you, you avoid being the dumbest one when you trust God's insight over your own. Look at this passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. I want you to circle trust and submit because that's what trust is. It is yielding and submitting and trusting the Lord. See, everybody has an opinion. Everybody's got a take. Everybody's got a view of whatever it is. In fact, somebody can see or hear the same thing and still have two opposite conclusions, right? Why is that? Why do people do that? How could people see or hear the same thing and yet not just be different in their conclusions, opposites in their conclusions? Well, I think it has something to do with that little filter that we that everything we see, everything we hear, everything we read, it goes through this filter before it gets inside us. What's that filter look like? Every experience. Every experience we have. I don't know. I don't even want to listen to that because I went through that. But it might be the best thing you ever hear. My doctor told me last year, you're vitamin D deficient. You need to get some vitamin D. Did I do what he said? No. Why not? I don't know. Something happened. It went from get vitamin D, get vitamin D to... I forgot. So here I go. I went back this last week and he goes, Buddy, I told you to take vitamin D. Okay. You going to take it? I started taking it yesterday. (laughs) Because the the staff jumped on me. The staff jumped on me. You're going to have this and this and this happen if you don't start taking that. This time... It got, it must have been coming so fast, the filter couldn't stop it. And I mean, it got louder, and I went, I went and got a whole bottle of it. Taken, <laughs> I made sure I got, I got the D going on. We have filters, and it's not just, it's not just experiences that it's a filter. Our emotions, and I can tell you personally, emotions is a big filter in my life. I listen with my feelings. If there's anything I got in common with Generation Z, we're into our feelings. I feel, I listen to people, well, you know, I feel this way, and I feel this way, and I know that's a, a, they talk about how that's a great way to communicate to people. I feel devalued. I feel hurt. I feel this. But folks, sometimes them feelings, that filter, stops some of the best information I can ever get from the Lord. Because I don't like it. 
I'm hurt by it. I'm offended by it. And see, it's this, it's this, this, these, this filter of experiences and emotions that, that affect what I hear and what I see, how I, how I receive it, how it shapes what I think, how it, how it, how it determines my expectations, how, how it affects how I understand, and ultimately the decision I make. This filter is very, very effective. So what do you say to him? What do we do? Uh, well, I, I look at the Proverbs, and the Proverbs tell me I need to strive to be as objective as I possibly can. I don't think everybody can be totally objective. Can you? No. But we can gain more objectivity when we listen to others that don't have a dog in the hunt, that aren't emotionally attached to it. They maybe not have the same experience, and they can talk to you frankly about something. Mm. You see, here's the problem I've got, and maybe you have it too. I can be sincere about something, but be sincerely wrong. I can be, I just know that's right. And then here's the facts, here's the science, whatever. Well, what do you know? I was what were you, Tim? Come on, you can say it. Wrong. Filters just have a big deal on that. So what do I do? I have to submit. Listen, to trust the Lord, I submit my experiences. And I submit my emotions to the Lord. I say, Lord, here's what I experience. Here's how I'm feeling. But I, get, I trust you. This is what's messing with me. Help me. Give me the wisdom to see the truth here. Help me, help me ignore so much the experience of emotion and really listen to what you have to say. It says this in Proverbs 11 as we close. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. It's that honesty, that, that objectivity that guides you, that can really guide your life. But when it's, when it's duplicit, when it's distorted, when it's twisted by something, by an attitude, by an emotion. It, it, what is it that Peter says? That people take the scriptures and distort them and it leads to destruction? And that's what he's saying there. He's saying the unfaithful are destroyed by the distortion and the dishonesty and, the, and just the whole twisting of what I'm watching, I'm seeing, I'm supposed to hear. So I trust God's insight over my own because I can't trust my own. And, I, and, it, and this happens when I make a conscious decision. And I may have to make it, I have to make it constantly to trust the Lord, submit to the Lord. Look what Jesus said. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You know what causes so much trouble in the heart? Lack of trust. In the Lord. <coughs> he says there, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. Put your trust in me. How's that going? How's that going? Where do you need to trust God? What do you need to trust God with? 
I know your emotions say one thing. My emotions do the same thing to me. Maybe your experiences say one thing or your, or your, or your preconceived ideas or your upbringing. They say this to me, but what's God really have to say? If I could just clear all out of the way and really see what God wants, do I trust him? Is it a relationship? Is it a friendship? Is it my marriage? Is it my family? Is it my finances? Is it my words? Is it what I'm seeing? Is it my work ethic? What, what is it that needs to, I just start, I ought to start trusting God, the Lord more with and not lean on my own understanding so much? Because I, I bet I have more to learn. I have more to know. And because of that, I experience more peace. You have a card in your bulletin. Here's a chance for you to maybe request something from our prayer ministry, something you, that's on your heart. I Please pray for me. I need some wisdom in this area. If you want it confidential, mark confidential. They'll see it. They won't, they won't let anybody know what's going on. They'll, they'll keep it confidential. They'll only talk to the Lord about it if it's, if that, if it's that personal. Or maybe there's something you just need to, you need to admit. I need to trust the Lord in this. And I'm making a commitment today. That's what surrender is, to trust the Lord in this. Why not do that? Why not take advantage of that this morning? We're going to give you, uh, after we pray, a minute to fill out that card, and then we'll sing another song, collect those cards, and send you on your way home. May God bless you uh, this weekend. Enjoy your weekend together. But may God bless you as we look at the book of Proverbs and glean some of the greatest insights that ever, have ever been penned in a book. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the songs and the worship. I want to thank you, Father, for uh, just all the the guests we have, the members we have here. Father, I pray that you you keep taking care of Don. We just love him. Thank you for taking care of that. It was close. Um, People die from that kind of stuff. Father, we just pray that you'll that though there's others a part of our church that are hurting, that are injured, that are sick, would you grant them wholeness and health? And Father, this morning we pray that as we're looking at this idea of being the smartest person, it's not to make us arrogant like know-it-alls, but we know we need to be smarter. We need to be wiser. And we can think of tons of things we've done that's been so foolish. And we want to avoid those. We, Father, we pray you'll foolproof our life. Let us take advantage of this series. Let us talk about it. Open our hearts to, to discussing it. And learn to have this foolproof life. You provide it. You, care, you have all the wisdom. And we look to you. We look to you right now. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Turn my heart on, Lord, thy grace.